Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Weekly Collective, a business podcast for the rest of us. I am your host, Nick. This episode is brought to you in part by Locology.com. Locology is a digital marketing agency with an emphasis on the science behind what they do. Everything they do is largely based around the tracking of data, analyzing, and finding solutions that ensure their clients get the best possible ROI that they can with their internet marketing. Locology is your one-stop shop for all things digital marketing, handling everything from website design and development itself to search engine optimization and pay-per-click campaigns. Based in the U.S., Locology has a firm understanding of what it takes to market your product or service effectively and can do so on a contract-free basis. Whether you're just getting started with your business or are an industry veteran looking to expand, Locology can get you where you need to be. Visit their website at Locology.com and sign up within the month of July to receive 25% off your new website or website redesign. This episode is also brought to you by ThingLister. ThingLister is the fastest way to find things to do in your city tonight. Sign up for the beta today at ThingLister.com and check us out on Twitter at ThingLister. That's T-H-I-N-G-L-I-S-T-R dot com. I've got a complicated topic I'd like to discuss here um, with an easy answer, actually, and it's when to require payment. If you talk to a bunch of different people, you get a lot of varying opinions, and uh, the bottom line is that you should do what works best for you. Uh, everyone's field is different. Um, you might be in a field where if you request payment up front, that would be unheard of. Or you may be in a field where that's not possible because certain things may may occur. Um, but I'll, I'll give it to you from my perspective, uh, kind of a history of how I used to do it and how I ended up doing it now. Uh, before I, or when I was starting, I guess I should say, I would gladly take 100% of payment when I finished. Uh, this was website design, so... I guess you could apply that to anything like that uh, as far as arts and things like that go. Uh, I would require it at the end of, end of the project. Um, we'd we'd kind of make an agreement. There were no contracts involved. I would uh, go ahead and design the website. I would show it to them. I would send them a picture preview. I wouldn't upload it in case they would try to download it or whatever. Uh, I would upload it or I would send them a picture and... They would look at it. They would let me know what changes they wanted to make. And if they gave it the thumbs up, if it was all good for them, I would go ahead and send them an invoice. And once they paid that invoice, I would then send them their website. Well, it only takes about, shoot, I guess it depends how how flexible you are. In my case, it was about two times of doing that and not getting paid before I got really fed up. And I I actually tried the opposite of that. And I would say, hey, I require 100% of payment up front. And that would discourage a lot of people. A lot of people would kind of throw their hands up and say, whoa, that's alarming or whatever they would say. They, they just weren't a fan of it. So uh, after doing that uh, enough times and, you know, I'd, I'd have some successful projects. They'd pay me up front. I'd do their website uh, and then I'd hand it off. I'd get enough of those people that wouldn't be interested at all and would walk away that I decided I needed to change things. So from then on, I would do 50% up front and 50% upon completion. Um, 50% up front, I'd design the website, and I, I guess this would change or, or vary based on the client, or in your case, it would, based on your business, but I would take the 50% up front, I would complete the project, and again, I would show them a preview, and then they would pay me. Um, I, I had a handful of clients after that that... Um, even then, wouldn't pay me. Um, and it is an interesting thing because, and this might be unique to my field or this type of field, but I, I and it, it's, it's somewhat of a common occurrence, um, not even in this scenario, but in, in others, uh, where people will you know, pay the 50% up front, a, a significant chunk of money, they'll get the website finished, and they'll never follow up with you. 
And you might think that it's because you know, they weren't happy with the website design or whatever. That's not it. Uh, I'm actually sitting on two clients right now that about two months ago uh, paid me for their website design and have yet to follow up with me. I've reached out several times. Uh, one of them just won't respond to me. And the other uh, explains himself and says, oh, we're just really busy with this and that and this and that. And I'll get with you. And it's been two months. So that's, that's kind of a strange phenomenon I I see regularly. Uh, anyway, uh, with with doing the fifty percent upfront and fifty percent upon completion, I I would find that sometimes clients would just walk away. Uh, they wouldn't wouldn't follow up. Wouldn't you know? They wouldn't make a stink. They wouldn't want their money back. They they never indicated they were unhappy with the website design. But on my side of it, you know, I've only been paid for fifty percent of my work, and uh, I wasn't charging absurd amounts there. So I wasn't I wasn't really happy. You know, I couldn't look at that fifty percent I made and quietly say, well. To be fair, that's worth it. It would, it would, it'd be a small amount um, to, to charge a loan for the website, I guess is what I'm saying. So from then forward, I required 100% upon, uh, or prior to starting. And you know, I, I guess we kind of went back on that. And I, I do get lots of clients that'll say, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I don't know you. You're just a stranger, so on and so forth. And you know, to those people, I, I just now have to say, you know, I completely understand we're, we're both in the same position. Uh, the only difference is I do this every day. And uh, sometimes I'll elaborate. And I found that it's probably better not to because you usually won't change those people's minds. But I'll explain to them. And, and sometimes these are people that will say, you know, I want you to finish the website and they get paid up front. And I'll, I'll kind of explain, you know, I reach out to, I'll, I'll give some arbitrary number. I reach out to 30 people a week. Uh, 20 of those people will respond and say, oh, I'm super interested. Go ahead and get started. Or I guess, let me put it this way. They'll say, I'm super interested. And if I gave them the option to let me go ahead and get started, they would let me go ahead and spend you know days working on their entire website. And I would follow up with them later and say, hey, look, we're finished. And I'd never hear back from them. Uh, and I guarantee that would be, you know, I said, contact 30, 20 people are interested. I bet two of those people would pay me. For those, you know, and I'd be out 18 projects worth of time, however, however much time that equates to. Um, so that's that's my answer. That was a big, long, drawn-out thing. But I require 100% upfront. I I do whatever I can. I I talked about this in an earlier episode, uh, like instilling trust. I I do what I can to to be fully transparent. Uh, you know, they can call me on the phone. Um, this is a probably a silly thing that I shouldn't do. I'll let them add me on Facebook if they want to show that I'm kind of a real guy. Because um, if I were in their shoes and I were trying to get somebody to design me a website and like, like they kind of say they're, I, they are a stranger on the internet, if they said, hey, add me on Facebook and see if that helps, uh, I would do that in a heartbeat. And, you know, if their Facebook looked like mine, you know, thousands of friends and activity every day and, you know, my business name listed under me and things like that. I I don't think I don't think I would worry at that point, but anyway, uh, it's it's really up to you as far as what works best in your situation. Uh, lots of factors to consider, but in the end, all you can do is do what makes you the most comfortable um, operating your business day to day. If you go the route of requiring fifty, a hundred percent upfront, uh, expect to have some clients get just outright upset with you and call you a scammer or whatever it is that they'll say, but 
in the end, you have to do what makes the most sense for you and to to earn you money then or to keep you earning money or however you justify it. I see something mentioned a lot um, on, on Reddit, actually, uh, is, is people, I don't, I don't know how to put it, and I, I don't want to rag on anyone because I, I read a post last night. Um, it was about entrepreneurs. You can find it on there. Somebody said they have a gripe with the word entrepreneur. And while I didn't agree with everything in the, in the thread, um, people brought up some interesting points that got me thinking on other subjects. Um, but there's a, a big, and I won't say it's a trend, uh, a big thing in kind of the startup entrepreneur scene is people looking to start a business just for the sake of starting a business. Um, and they'll, they'll say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm X years old, I have this money to invest, or I don't have any money to invest, but I'm just looking for my, my next idea. And that's, that's never a thing that I've ever encountered. Um, I, I kind of fell into the design game organically or naturally, I guess you'd say. Uh, same with the browser-based video games and, and this podcast. I was kind of just sitting around and, and thinking, oh, I enjoy doing this and I can make money from it. And you know, I'd, I'd really like to own a video game. And oh, I see a big void in, in the podcast space for a, a business podcast. And I, I kind of built it that way. So I, I can't exactly relate to people that say, you know, oh, I just, I need the next idea. Uh, but I, I guess that's the mindset of a lot of people, uh, just knowing that they want to start a business and trying to figure out how to go about doing that. Some people get really down on people who, who have this approach to business because they, they feel like it, I don't know, it's, it's saturating, oversaturating or devaluing the, the business scene or whatever it might be. I don't know how to word that exactly. But they're just upset in general that somebody's trying to do this or trying to take away something potentially from them that doesn't really have a passion for it. Um, I won't speak on that because I'm sure there's been, you know, just copious amounts of, of entrepreneurs that have been successful that way that have just known that they want to start a business and want to make money. Um, but I, the advice I can give that in this is find something you are passionate about. Um, it, which is hard to do if you're just looking for the, the, the next good idea. But if you're not passionate about something, you'll burn yourself out so quickly. Uh, and I, I don't feel like you'll give the attention that it deserves or the, I guess the effort, um, and not just like physical effort, but mental effort, um, making the absolute best product you can. Um, I, I reference Steve Jobs a lot or whatever, but I think he said, you know, like the, uh, the Macintosh or whatever was the, the computer they wanted to use. And that's, that's kind of been my approach to things. You know, this podcast right here, I said it in the first episode, this is the podcast that I wanted to listen to and it didn't exist. Uh, same with the video games, um, not so much with the website design. I'll, you know, there's no, no use in fooling myself and thinking that I'm offering something that you know, thousands of people aren't. But as, as far as my other projects, and I've got other passion projects I'm working on that I, I don't exactly anticipate blowing up, but I, I enjoy them. And because it's something I'm really interested in and passionate about, not only will I, I make the best product I possibly can, but I'll, I'll never get bored doing it. You know, I, I don't dread recording this podcast or talking to clients or working on a video game or anything like that. They're all things I enjoy that really, you know, the, the, the quote is something like, and I'll butcher this, um, 
you know, do do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And that's that's really the case. Yeah, I I never sit down at the computer to work on a website design and well, that's not true. I I won't lie like that, but 99% of the time when I'm sitting down at the computer to work on a website design, it's it's a casual hobby feeling for me. I'm and I'm it's slightly unique because I can do it from my computer and in my home office and I can watch Netflix on the TV or listen to music or whatever it might be. I can get up and walk the dog at a moment's notice. But, you know, like I said, 1% of the time, very rare occasions am I, am I tired of doing it or, and it's, it's usually actually exactly what I said. It's usually I'm, I'm up too late and I'm tired or I, you know, I have another project I need to work on as well. And it's slightly stressful, but my point is, Find find something you're just super passionate about. If if you're kind of working with that mindset of I just want to start a business, I don't care what it does. Um, I have a note here, and I had a big spiel for it, but I've since forgot it. Um, and it just says follow your passion, but if business is your passion, dot dot dot. And I I think that could work to your advantage. Um, and I this is me to a certain extent. Uh, probably not like I'm talking about here, actually, but I I like the idea of business in general. I I like marketing, advertising. I I like all that. I like selling. It's uh, somewhat of a game to me, uh, especially doing talking with website design clients. Um, closing that sale is it feels very much like a game to me. So I I feel like if business in general is your passion and truly your passion. Um, I think people can get mixed up, and it's not to say this is wrong or bad, but I think people can be so overwhelmed with not wanting to work a nine-to-five. Um, and understand, I'm not ragging on anybody. You know, you'll find success in a million different ways, but you know, there, there are those people that are just tired of, tired of their jobs, and this is their out. Um, they're, they're not so interested in starting a business or running a business. They just... And I don't want to say it's a lazy thing because especially if you're pursuing it and successful, it takes a lot of effort. But I don't know. I, I would never want to tell somebody to not try and pursue your dreams. I think I talked about this in episode two. But, you know, if if you're looking for a quick and easy out, um, if you think you can start an affiliate website and sit back and collect the cash, you know, it's it's not for you. Um, it's 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 not an easy easy way out of anything uh, it's it's infinitely more complicated than clocking in and out of your nine to five um, there's lots of days when I wish that uh, I, I had a nine to five job just for the sake of being able to come home and just do what I do whatever I want without a worry in the world you know I want to be able to sit down and play a video game or play piano or whatever it might be and and not just be thinking oh well how am I, how should I make this next sale or should I follow up with this person? And I don't know, scheduling is something I need to work on personally. I, I need to set some, some firm guidelines for myself, but there's, there's something to be said about the freedom of working whenever you want. Anyway, uh, I digress. If you're, if you're interested in starting a business for the sake of starting a business, um, I won't tell you not to, but my advice is find something you are actually passionate about. Um, and you can even kind of reverse engineer in that way. Don't don't just throw out your net um, across across everything and hope to pull something in. 
um, kind of narrow it down to, oh, I, I really do like music or uh, automotive in general is a thing I'm interested in and see if we can come up with something in like a relevant field. I think it, it would go a long way, especially for uh, somebody who has little to no business experience. This ties right into another topic, actually, which is starting a business for the sake of selling a business. Um, again, I, I would never want to tell you not to pursue your dreams, um, but I, <laughs> I can pretty confidently tell you that that's a bad idea. Um, and you're, you're almost entirely in it for the wrong reasons. Um, and I, I don't say that meaning like starting a business should be a personal accomplishment and you should love what you do, blah, 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 blah. Even I, I said something just like that, but understand what I'm saying. Um, that really is like the, the ultimate lazy business cop out is, you know, I'm going to, and it, it, it rarely, if ever works, you know, looking at something and saying, oh, I'm going to start this company and I'll work on it for three months and then I'll, I'll sell it to, to Facebook. And I'll, I'll just be rolling in it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it has happened in the past. I'm sure somebody's created startups for the sake of selling them or you know, however that might work. But don't do that. D that you know, unless you've got years and years of business, ex business experience and you have an idea for something that you can build but you don't want to run, you know, that's, that's one way to approach it. But if you have no business experience and you're, just, you're looking for, for your big payout, you won't find it there. Um, and I'm, I'm sure someone would beg to differ. Someone's probably listening to this thinking, oh, I, I did it just for that and I sold it for $500,000 and whatever. But the, the vast majority of people will have zero luck trying something like that. And that's not exactly to say you shouldn't try, but the, uh, the passion certainly won't be there, even if it's fueled by a... a a serious urge to not be a nine to five slave anymore, whatever it might be. You won't have much luck there and uh, you'll kind of ruin any potential future business interest you may or may not have. Alrighty. Today's guest is Edward Smalls. Uh, Edward owns rallybox.com. Um, hey Edward, how's it going? Excellent. How's it going? Uh, not bad. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show, and you were kind of giving me, giving me a rundown of what exactly Rallybox is. But can you can you give me your your quick pitch? Sure. Rallybox is the first drag and drop network tool for drop shipping. Um, so this software gives e-commerce merchants and small businesses the ability to simply drag and drop items into their web store and sell them without ever holding them in their inventory. And on the flip side, it gives producers the opportunity to distribute their product to hundreds of stores with the click of a button. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I had a hard time wrapping my mind around it initially, um, but after you explained a little more, it's, it's really a, a simple and kind of a cool concept. Um, it's, a, it's essentially what all these people are trying to accomplish with you know, creating these, these quick affiliate sites and signing up with Amazon and kind of manually plugging in their affiliate links for certain products, but it's, it's kind of intended to be do, done on a, I guess I say a, a more serious basis um, and infinitely easier. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I explained that well um, or if you'd agree with that, but it, it seemed interesting. 
Um, well, actually, can you can you give the? I asked you for a real world example before the show. Can you can you kind of elaborate on that? Sure. So let's say you've got a thousand iPod or I no one uses iPods these days. You've got a thousand iPhone cases and you want to put those up for sale. So you can put those up on the Rallybox network. And then let's say I'm I have a business where I'm selling some custom made um, different um, headphones. And so I've got those on my store. So on my store, I can go onto the network and I can look through the different products and I can find your iPhone cases and I can basically drag and drop those into my store. And then when someone comes to shop at my store, they can either, you know, buy my headphones or if they see the iPod cases, they can purchase that and then you would drop ship it to them. And then we'd both take a cut of the margin based on a prearranged setting. Okay. And um, would the... I don't know what you'd call it. I was going to say the seller, but that could be either person. Uh, would the provider, um, the person who actually has the product, would they go in there and set the price? Yes. So the way it would work is the the maker, as we call it, would take that product. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean they've made it, but a lot of the products that we expect to have on the network are going to be you know, actually created by by the the distributor. And they can take that and they can put it up there and they select you know, the price they want to sell it at, the production cost, and then how much of the margin they're looking to make off it. So if they want to get rid of something and sell it really fast, they can select the option that's 30-70, meaning they get 30% of the margin and the seller would get 70%, mm-hmm. or they can select 50-50 or 70-30. Those are the three options that are available right now. Okay. And as far as pricing itself goes, um, back to that kind of real world, real world example. Um, I'm, I'm the maker. I have a thousand, uh, iPhone cases back here. Um, and I, and I, not that this is relevant exactly to, to posting on Rallybox, but I paid a dollar per case. Um, what, what would I do at then point? Um, like within the Rallybox system, would I, would I indicate that's how much I paid for them? Would I, would I post that I, I need to make at least a dollar per sale or how, how exactly would that work from my perspective? So you would indicate that you spent a dollar on it. That was the production cost. And then you'd put up whatever price point you plan on set. You would plan on selling them at. Mm-hmm. So if you put them up for $10 and they cost you $1 to make and you indicate that and you want to get 50, 50 on it, it would basically become apparent to anyone browsing that they'd make four fifty on selling that on their site. And mm-hmm. then you'd make, an extra 450 as well. So, or you make a total of 550 on that sale because you'd get that dollar back through the transaction. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. So I, I would, I would set the price knowing that I would get, um, well, not necessarily half of it, but whatever I, you kind of mentioned like the 30, 70. So I, I would set the price kind of factoring in that math myself. So, no, so you would, you would set the price, the initial price based on what the production cost is. Mm-hmm. So if you did buy it for a dollar or you bought it for, you know, $10, you would, you would want to set that as your price. Um, we're still working out on exactly how we're going to do that. We may be doing it to verify with receipts if you purchased it or if it's um, a homemade good, but it's going to be in your best interest as a maker to be as, you know, honest and cheap about that because people are going to see how much profit they're going to make by hosting that good on their site. Mm-hmm. So if you say, yeah, this iPhone case, it cost me $9. I'm selling it for $10. Someone's going to see they can only make 50 cents on selling that. And they're going to be less likely to pick that up on their site. Mm-hmm. As a seller, um, 
if I, you know, if I see you posted $10 or you want $10 out of that iPhone case or whatever it is, could I change the price on it and sell it for $20 and, and risk, you know, not making sales or whatever? Could I bump up the price? I don't believe that option is currently available. We are, um, we're still working some of the kinks out, but currently that is not something that we plan on including in the release. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Um, and where are you at as far as, um, the project goes, is it, is it available? Could I sign up and set up a store now or is it uh, a little bit down the road? It's going to be a little bit down the road. Uh, we're looking at an early release probably this spring. Um, mm -hmm. Right now you can sign up on uh, rallyfox.com um, to explain, you know, what you plan on selling, mm -hmm. what you'd like to do. And that can, we'll be able to guarantee for some time if you sign up now, you'll be invited to the early access launch. Mm -hmm. um, However, in terms of um, going live, we think that that's going to be happening this spring. Okay. And uh, just to clarify, it's, it's rallybox.com, but it's R-A-L-L-I-B-O-X.com. Correct. Um, so is, is this your first, I won't call it a startup because it seems like it's quite a ways along. Uh, is this your first business? That I've, that I've personally, so my business partner, uh, David Knoisel, um called me up to get me involved in this. So... It, it is the first uh, major project that I've, I've been involved in in this. We actually de began developing the tool as a order routing engine for raw materials. And that was initially um, called the, the Theron Enhance engine. And as we were developing it, what we realized was that this tool would work much better for retail. So we have been working on how we can utilize it in the way that you're now seeing in this current iteration iteration mm. okay okay and uh what's your role within the company i guess your your official title and then what you do day to day all right i am the uh the chief marketing officer right now and mm -hmm. i am also a partner basically my goal and my job is to build community get the word out about Rallybox, and start really building up the group of people and the small businesses that we want to have on our system when it launches. So day-to-day, -day I'm working with the website and working on um, community outreach. Um, I'm managing bloggers, writing blog posts, basically getting everything up and running and um, trying to generate interest so we'll have a community when we launch. Okay, okay. And uh, how long have you been at this? Um, I guess that's, that's kind of a hard question because, you know, from the conception of the idea itself to, to launching, but roughly how long have, has this been in the works? Well, David contacted me last summer um, and we started working on the uh, order routing engine for, for um, raw materials. But in January we uh, took a business pivot and uh, decided to create what you now know as Rallybox. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I, I ask everyone this, um, and you kind of just explained a little bit, but, um, well, let me ask this, uh, do you do anything on the side? Is this your, is this getting a hundred percent of your attention right now? It's, uh, it's getting a con it's, it's getting quite a bit of my attention. I'm actually also a middle school teacher. I teach mm -hmm. computers and, um, English in Kansas city. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And that's, that's actually kind of what I wanted to hear. Um, you know, like this, this podcast, it's called Weekly Collective, a business podcast for the rest of us. And the idea behind it is it's a podcast that 
just about every business owner can relate to. You know, I, I listened to dozens of them, and they were mm-hmm. all super far over my head. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, it just there's nothing I could take away from it. So that's it's. I, don't know, I guess we got lucky there, um, because what we're looking for is uh, real world people starting a business, and you definitely fit into that category. You know, working on this kind of in your spare time or. Not not necessarily your spare time, but the the other portion of your time not spent teaching. Um, do you think that this will uh, in the near future, you know, take a hundred percent of your time? I guess you could say. I I do believe that looks where it's um, to be where it's going after this next year of teaching. Uh, if all goes well with Rallybox, I will probably transition to uh, working full time on Rallybox. But okay. um, if if not, or even if the option. Um, still remains i love teaching it's a lot of fun teaching kids about computers so it's um yeah it's got a couple of different passions here that i'm working on and um involved in Hmm. okay uh what kind of a staff do you have uh is it just yourself and your business partner for now uh no actually we have we have a um our overall partnership um so the company that we created initially uh, in ethereum enterprises um that business partnership includes uh, actually my business partner David. His father is um, Ron Knoisel. He's a uh, he's a, he's the um, CTO and he's um, pretty big time uh, programmer out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a few other people involved there. On my end, I have been working mostly with contractors, um, but it's been really great because a lot of people that I know have been very interested in getting involved in this project and working and we've been able to set up. So we kind of have a working sales team of um, about depending on who's interested and available for contracting four to five people overall. And they're, you know, doing different things like writing blog posts, um, making social media copy, developing um, outreaching to community, going to networking events. Um, We're planning on launching a video, um, little video blog also coming up. in uh, mid-August, or excuse me, in um, toward the end of July. So, okay. Rallybox. It seems like it's kind of its own platform. Um, will I be able to set up a nickstore.rallybox.com, or is it is it kind of a tool for other platforms? So, there will definitely. Now, that's kind of a technical question that I may have to verify um, with Neil, but I I know for sure you will be able to set up a rally box store using the rally box website um mm-hmm. web store builder that'll mm-hmm. be definitely an option you can if, so if you don't have a store you can set up a rally box store mm-hmm. um, but also we are entirely hoping and planning to have it set up so you can use it with your existing store whatever platform you're using for that okay so, so in a perfect world at launch i'll be able to switch my existing wordpress store over to you know with it I guess not switch over, but include a, a rally box plugin that kind of integrates naturally. Yeah, we really want to make it as sh- seamless and um, easy to use. Um, essentially, Rallybox is all about simplifying this process of drop shipping, and it's really meant to be a really easy to use tool that doesn't make you change anything major about your business model, but lets you bring in a whole another set of revenue. And um, what we found is a lot of people really like to focus on either making their product or, you know, they're really, they've got a great network, but, you know, they, they're not a huge business. They can't hold colossal amounts of inventory. And we're hoping mm-hmm. that this really solves that problem mm-hmm. or at least provides a, 
some help on that. Okay. Yeah. And I, the way I kind of envision it, um, there's a lot of people that try you know, like the, the, I can't think of the other store, but like an Etsy store. Um, and with that, obviously you have to hold your own product. I, I imagine it kind of being the next step where people who want to, I, don't know, I saw somebody post on Reddit the other day with, you know, rate my store and they set up some kind of Shopify thing, whatever, where they were selling Game of Thrones merchandise that they bought somewhere else. I kind of see it, see it being you know, the next step uh, further from Etsy where, where just about anybody can set up a store um, and, you know, say they want to sell cell phone accessories or whatever it might be. Um, Game of Thrones shirts, you know, if it's applicable and legal and all that. And there's a seller providing those things uh, to be drop shipped. I, I kind of envision it being the every man's tool. And I, I don't want to keep comparing it to affiliate marketing because I know it's definitely not. Um, but along the same, I, the lines of selling someone else's product, um, I imagine it being a, a really easy solution for kind of Joe Everyman to set up his own store and uh, sell decent products without really without almost any of the hassle. Exactly. So whereas with affiliate marketing, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a portion, you're getting a, you're getting a teeny percentage when someone buys something off your store mm-hmm. with Rallybox, you're going to, if you kind of decide to go that route, you know, let's say you have, um, you know, weekly collective is, you know, doing very, very well. People come there all the time and you'd like to sell, you know, some rally box merchandise or some, you know, any other business that you have, you'd like to sell some of their merchandise on, on your website, you could set up a rally box store where you can sell that off your site. So if you're a blogger, if you're someone like that, you can use rally box for that. That's not, it's, you know, primary, it's primary. It's essentially one thing that we found is just with this tool is that people are going to use rally box to do what they want to do. They're not, there's not going to be just one way to use Rallybox. There's not just one simple, like, this is, this is just a tool for affiliate marketers, or this is just a tool for small businesses. Rallybox is essentially, it's a tool that can be used by anyone who wants to sell something online. It can either help them distribute it all over, or it can help them, again, literally sell something without ever holding it, and just like you've been describing. Okay. Um, and I, I'm... I think I already know the answer to this, but will there be any kind of mass rally box store? Can I, can I, no. I don't know. What's that? No, there, there will not be a rally box store. You won't be able to get on rally box to uh, buy rally. I mean, we might have at some point, we might just, you know, make a store that sells rally box t-shirts or something and then put mm-hmm. that onto the network. So people can pull that onto their stuff, right. but you will never be able to go to the, there's rally box will not be amazon.com. It won't be eBay and it's, it won't be Etsy. Mm-hmm. It will always be something that people are using with their store, their mm-hmm. site. So it's always on on their 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 thing. We don't we don't plan to take the spotlight. We just want to give people the tools to uh, let them, you know, be featured, have their business be the front of everything. Okay. Okay. Was that the answer you were expecting? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I was just curious, you know, if there if there's going to be anything like that. Um. Okay, how will uh, how will Rallybox work with people? I guess in other countries, um, is is that going to be an option? Is it going to be stuck to one area for now, or are you going to make make it an option for sellers to, you know, kind of drop ship in other places or makers? I guess because I I ask that because you know if you hop on Amazon and look up, I, I keep coming back to this, but look up cell phone cases, you'll find ninety nine cent cell phone cases, and it's because they're mass produced in China. I guarantee, well, I won't say I guarantee, but I imagine a, a huge portion of the makers that, that try to 
take advantage of Rallybox will be in, in other countries. Uh, is that going to be an option for him? That, that's still in development. Um, so I, you know, <clears throat> I expect, you know, as we expand and as we get it running, that will be an option. Um, it's, it's really going to depend on the interest we have and the people we have signed up at launch. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if when we, you know, get around the launch date and we're looking at, okay, you know, 2,000 people in China have signed up and want to use this, well, you know, we're certainly not going to let that be available. We're, we're, excuse me, I said that completely wrong. We're certainly not going to prohibit, you know, 2,000 people who want to use our software from using it. Mm -hmm. um, however, if it looks like, you know, as we near launch, we've got, you know, we've got a couple hundred thousand people, or that's, maybe that's a huge overestimate. Um, we've got, you know, a large portion of people in America who, you know, want to use it in, you know, the continental um, area there because the order routing, it would make most sense to limit it to just the place where we have people signed up essentially mm -hmm. and what we can provide. So if there's like one person in France who wants to use it, it's not going to make a lot of sense for him to be or her to be drop shipping things from um, San Francisco to his customers in um, Paris. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically what I'm saying is it's all going to kind of rely on the amount of people we have signed up at that time and uh, how the development uh, course continues up until launch. Okay. And what kind of a cut will Rallybox take per sale? So Rallybox will be taking a 3% um, cut on the transaction, so on the margin. Mm -hmm. So that's actually, um, the way I understand it is a much smaller cut than uh, Amazon and eBay um, take. And it's going to be essentially taking off the whole thing. So let's say we go back to those iPhone cases. One dollar sell it for ten bucks, and it's nine, you know, nine dollar margin. Well, then Rallybox would take three percent off that nine dollars, and then the rest would be split. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's, that was going to be my next question. I was going to see how it compared to uh, Amazon and eBay, because um, if if you can be competitive there, I could see it being really really enticing for uh, makers, as you call them, to you know, try to take advantage of Rallybox as opposed to Amazon, where where they might. I don't know. I, I should have looked into the numbers to see exactly who makes what where. Um, but if, you know. I had them really handy like an hour and a half ago, and I just don't know where <laughs> I put it. I, I remember that our, our, our deal was, was better, and I'm sure when David listens to this podcast, he will, he will immediately text message me, it's this much. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 remember, I remember it being um, substantially different. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. The, the idea is that we really, um, we want this to achieve enough adoption. We want to achieve this enough people are using this that in order for it to be profitable for ourselves, you know, what we want to see is return customers. We want to see people using this software to make money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we're not, we're not, we're not in this to uh, take a large chunk off the top. We want to see a lot of transactions. We want to see a lot of people selling and buying with mm -hmm. Rallybox mm -hmm. and then, you know, obviously we'll profit. Um, will you be doing any sort of, I'm not sure what you'd call it. Um, I was going to say screening and that doesn't sound right. Um, will there be any sort of approval process to be a, to be a maker? Um, will, I guess I asked because of, you know, like the, the customer satisfaction things, mm -hmm. you know, if, if somebody gets on there and you know, with their iPhone cases, you know, sells just garbage cases, you know, cheap cases that break or anything like that. Will there be any kind of, I won't say insurance cause I, I know that's a whole nother game. Uh, you know, refunds and all that, but will there be any sort of approval process or, you know, will people eventually, you know, obviously for doing wrong, you know, but will people get banned from 
being a maker on rally box is is that something you know three strikes you're out is that something you've considered yeah we've we've been we've been looking into that and we, we've got a couple different models we're considering um utilizing for that mo- most likely there'll be um you know some degree of a verification process and uh then you know um probation issues if people are um you know, if, if, if something, if someone doesn't ship, for instance, you know, they're probably blacklisted immediately mm-hmm. for that. And uh, because the transaction and the money will be handled via rally box um, mm-hmm. in that sense, you know, we'll be able to provide a refund. But that that person would, you know, have to make sure they uh, they compensated and they, they, they fixed it. So we, we'd have um, a whole system like that that we're working on developing. We're also planning on having it be possible to quality check things yourself if you'd like to. So. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm going on the network and I want to. Um, one one of our first customers is was a um, hot sauce business, uh, Frank Ross of uh, F.A. Ninos. And let's say he wants to sell someone else's sauce on his site. Well, Frank is a hot sauce connoisseur, right? He doesn't you know mess around with with any of, of the basic stuff. So he will he would like to probably order from that person first, get an order, get one you know thing, taste it himself, and say okay. I like to put that onto my site. Now, is that going to be, is everybody going to want to do that? Probably not. But a lot of our like, you know, very serious small businesses are going to want to do that to make sure that they maintain their brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's something that just popped into my mind. Um, how is, would rebranding be an option? Something like that. Um, I noticed somebody mentioned that um, I was reading another thread on Reddit uh, where they wanted to buy all this product from, I think it was like Alibaba or something. Uh, that's, uh, smack their own label on it and uh, sell it as their own product. Would that be an option or is that something you guys might look into? You know, if I, I want to sell these cell phone cases, but I want them to be Nick branded. Um, is that, will that be an option? Is that something you've considered? Um, well, so basically if the person's post posting a product, um, it's, that's pretty generic. You can basically put it on your site and, way we're looking at it and we're still like i said some of these things are still you know in flux in our development process and we're working to make a decision on that is you can go okay you know let's say those are those cell phone cases are pretty generic you can sell those right along your stuff and then someone can basically as far as the, the customer knows they don't necessarily need to know that you didn't hold those in inventory mm-hmm. um if you want to really rebrand something though like if you want to put your logo on it Right now, it's probably going to make more sense to, you know, or actually order that holding your inventory stamp that logo on. Mm-hmm. But that is something in the future we might consider, um, you know, getting set up. And I think that that's probably the sort of thing that we'll have to kind of continue to gauge interest as our as our market research continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that being a huge appeal for people, um, even not necessarily with a stamp, but, you know, making it making it known to potential makers that um, if you're producing this product yourself, leaving it um i don't know what you call it um, not like unpackaged but you know label free or whatever you know nondescript i don't know what you'd call that just a, a plain white case in a at a sealed bag with no label on it or anything i could see that being appeal an appeal you know uh if i was opening a store i guess you could look at it like there's there's two types of i don't know drop shipping i don't know what you'd call it i, I keep going back to affiliate but it's not um, if I want to sell somebody else's products, I'd do it in two ways. Um, one, I would be, you know, the equivalent of like a retailer and I would sell OtterBox and whatever. Um, the other side of it is if I, I wanted to start my own brand, my own branding, um, I could see that being a real big appeal if, you know, not necessarily with stamping or having them slap labels on it with my name on it, but just kind of letting them know like, hey, if you make the 
the packaging nondescript or label free or whatever, you qualify for this or you'll be, you know, mentioned in this way. I don't know. I could I could see it being I don't know. I'm not articulating myself well. But I, I think I'm getting what you're putting down a little bit, though. Yeah, I think um, that actually will probably begin to occur pretty organically as people get onto the network, mm-hmm. um, just because you can put things up generically. And if you know, I'm looking through the listings on Rallybox and looking for something, and I see you know this generic listing, you know, no logo iPhone cases or these you know no logo things, and I look at this, and I mean they got good ratings, and I start selling them on my store as basically as though they were my own, and people you know they know that things they come to. Uh, edward you know retail ed.com and and buy from these are good products these are and i'm not actually holding these products but i've you know gone and i've chosen these generic ones and i if something happens that i can you know get that branding on them that could um yeah we could definitely do what we can to enable people to do that as as we get closer that's Mm -hmm. one of those things that we're we, we really have to kind of totally you know see that market is there before we add that asset but it's definitely not outside their own possibility hmm, okay and uh this is this kind of steers away from rally box um it's more about you personally but sure. um you mentioned you were approached to get involved with this before you were approached uh was business a thing you were interested in, well interested in or did it you know, was it kind of done in reverse where somebody mentioned it to you and you thought oh i could get into that you know yeah um i was a lot more interested in um kind of the development side of things. I majored in computer science. I'm like, I love programming and I love um, that idea. And I, um, you know, obviously like teach kids. So I really was planning, I'm in a master's program right now, but I was really planning on after this, this master's program, um, you know, maybe going into an education technology startup, maybe going into business and and building um, some software in that side. But uh, when David, when David talked to me about this, I got really excited and I realized that actually I marketing is fascinating and um it's just this entire new world and um getting this product out there and it's it's been a steep learning curve but I feel like we've uh I've been learned I've learned an incredible amount uh, and I I feel very qualified um to continue handling and building mm-hmm. this stuff up mm-hmm. but it, yeah but but going into it I'm yeah going to be completely honest I was approached and I was like hey this is um, something I haven't really thought about doing, but that actually seems like something that I'd be good at, and I'd like to try it. <laughs> okay. And uh, since you've been working on it, and this doesn't have to be a totally serious answer, you know, it can be, it doesn't have to be super well thought out. Um, but since working with Rallybox, have you had any other business ideas or things that have crossed your mind that you've thought, you know, either a year down the line or five or 10 years or whatever, you know, at some point in your life, I'd like to you know, pursue this, this idea, or has anything come up like that, or have you kind of just, Focused entirely on Rallybox. Well, David, David will like text me probably once a month with a new business idea. He's <laughs> he's uh, kind of always got his you know mind running, thinking of new ideas and stuff mm-hmm. that he wants to do. But he's the type of guy who's wanted to go into business and make a business. I think since he was like probably four. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I've had a couple ideas for you know goofy software and um, little social media apps or things like that, but. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing too serious. And I'm trying to think a lot. I'd like to do um, some ed tech ideas. Um, I think it would be really helpful to build um, some pretty easily, some some more um, adaptable softwares for the classroom. Um, mm-hmm. Just to, yeah, um, one that I, I really appreciate like what a lot of 
entrepreneur teachers have done, what they've built. Um, there's like e-reading worksheets or news ELA uh, is a great thing that basically takes the reading level of an article and makes it available in like different levels. So you can have kids in the same classroom read the same article at their own level. And I think that's super cool what they're doing. Um, I'd love to see, I'd love to take an idea like that and try and adapt that um, a differentiation idea into um, into mathematics a little more into um, into programming. So, hmm. Hmm. and I was I was going to ask something, and it's not super applicable because uh, you said you teach computers. I was going to ask, you know, with with that kind of mindset, is there anything that you do? I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't quite apply to you, you know, as a, as opposed to like an English teacher or a math teacher. Well, I actually teach English too. I'm an English and computer teacher. Okay. Well, in that case, um, is there anything you do in the classroom? Is there any kind of technology you take advantage of that's not, you know, not in the curriculum exactly or, you know, something that you've gone above and beyond to provide or discovered or is it, is it all pretty, you know, standard what's on the oh, curriculum? I, um, I love going outside the curriculum. I mean, that's really kind of what drew, drew me to teaching. Um, I love just taking, taking, um, the, the basic, the basic, you know, set of, of a project is so, so, okay, just to explain last year, I taught, um, I taught eighth grade and this year I'm teaching sixth grade. I did not teach computers last year. I'm going to be teaching computers this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I taught, um, ELA, um, I taught social studies and I taught mathematics last year and I used, um, I took the math curriculum and I basically set the whole thing up with, um, Khan Academy and the general common core standards and had my students all basically work at their own paces. And we, you know, monitored and had them, you know, do things, um, almost all student driven. So rather than it being a lecture based course, everyone was working independently and then they would meet with me individually and we would work on where they're at and getting them to move up or to, you know, kind of beat the level and learn the math concept. And I thought that ended up working uh, pretty well. I can't take full credit because it was, you know, based on a lot of great things from Khan Academy. Um, I also went and uh, taught a lesson about um, a civil war battle in which I used um, Empire Total War. So that Mm -hmm. was fun. Mm -hmm. Set up the American Civil War mod and let them, you know, play a little bit of uh, Total War in class on the big smart board. I had fun with that. Okay. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, Would you say you have any any kind of business role models or, or heroes or whatever you'd call that? Is there anyone that you're particularly interested in the way they operate or I guess any companies or something like that? Um, and I, even more so in your case, you know, do you kind of look up to, you know, WooCommerce or WordPress or anything like that? Is there, you know, and I, I won't say model yourself after, and I feel like it's, it's totally okay to, to look at a big competitor and think, wow, I want to be like them and I want to do what they do in this, in this respect. Or is that, is that something that you guys look into or you personally or are you kind of paving your own way? Well, like everyone, I think, who's ever done anything in marketing, I think Steve Jobs is amazing. But um, David um, specifically kind of introduced me to, so I can't take full credit for having this, uh, I guess, like business, I, I want to call it a business crush, but I don't think that's the right way to, to say it. Like, a, like, wow, that's like a, a good, like, wow, that's such a cool business idea. I want to be like that. I love how they've innovated. Um, but it's just Airbnb. Um, just that really like cool, just an Airbnb and the way they've like set up just such a huge effective system that requires minimal maintenance. I guess it probably requires a fair amount of maintenance, but they don't, they're, they're running the biggest hotel chain in the world 
and they're all running it with software. Um, mm-hmm. Uber too, just they're mm-hmm. they're running and they've got this great opportunity, this crowdsourced way to have you know basic taxis for cheap for everyone who is trying to get a hold of that, and they're running it with software and networking and crowdsourcing essentially. I think in some ways that's kind of what we're trying to do with retail. We're trying to give people the tools to have their own retail be incredibly successful, have their own you know trade going on and um, let them succeed better. And um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting comparison because I, I'd say that's super appropriate with both of those. It's, I don't know if you call it the same concept, but it's, it's very similar in that you're like, like you just explained, you're trying, you're giving them the tools without, you know, you or them having to hold any product themselves. You know, you are, I won't say you act as Amazon or anything like that, but you know, you're, you're, I don't know how to describe that without sounding like I'm kind of devaluing devaluing what you do, but you're, you know, you're you're giving these people all these tools with all you know this potentially you know millions of pieces of product or whatever, and you don't have to touch any of it. It's you know it's kind of all virtual, like you said, done with software. That's that's mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah, I would I would, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's an interesting comparison. Um, okay, yeah, I I think we're about to wrap it up here. Um, Excellent. Where where can we find you? Um, you can email me at edward at rallybox.com mm-hmm. or um, you can go to rallybox.com um, to find me or you can uh, follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Okay. Is- and it's, it's again, rallybox, R-A-L-L-I-B-O-X.com. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah. And and Twitter always. Uh, if anyone wants to follow us on Twitter, Twitter at Rally Boxer R A L L I B O X E R Rally Boxer. Okay. So, are you, are you the one behind that? I am so completely the one. <laughs> me me and my uh and my business um not business, and and my, and my uh, friend slash employee James are uh, very much behind the Twitter and we we have a little bit of fun with that. So awesome. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody, it looks like that does it for episode three of Weekly Collective. As always, feel free to check us out online at weeklycollective.com. We're also at youtube.com slash weeklycollective or weeklycollective on iTunes. Feel free to leave a comment or contact us uh, any way you can, email or Twitter. Uh, Let us know what you thought. If you have any topic suggestions or uh, guest suggestions, we'd love to hear them. Uh, This week's challenge will be to cold contact uh, at least five people within the next week. So if you want to do one a day, if you want to go ahead and cram them into one day, um, you know, depending on what you do, obviously cater it a little bit. But if you're a if you're a contractor of any sort, either you know, send out five cold emails, contact someone via Facebook Swap and Shop group, or you know, via via their websites to try to pitch your services, whatever it might be. You know, obviously it'll it'll vary based on what you do. Um, if you're starting a product, you maybe reach out to people on on Reddit or uh, you know, again Facebook, just find the most appropriate avenue and you know get 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 your business's name or your product or service or idea or whatever in front of five new people and uh, see if it works out again i want to thank you guys all for listening and i will talk to you next week